vampires. With Jessica. And Mickey. What up? All right, so I watch some different things. I will, I mostly watch, like, series. Um, mm-hmm. I haven't been to the movies, but there's stuff coming out at least soon the new evil dead is coming out or oh, it's is already out. out it's out did you see it yeah <gasps> okay do you want to go first do you want to talk about it i'm i'm really i'm really curious to see your take i've heard many different things okay from all right all right here's also. the thing is that like it's i enjoyed it i had fun for the most part i mean like i was the one in the theater cackling because there's like there's some pretty like gory moments and like there was a woman next to me who was like horrified and just dealing with that and then my wife on my left side like you know she's cringing and i'm like i'm laughing because like the gore is a plenty you know but it's it, it <sighs> <laughs> i i don't know what to say and the, the, the fact that like when you watch that and the remake from 2013 it's you realize how much bruce campbell is that franchise it really is, you know, and like, and he's done with it. Like he, there's something, it just, there's something that doesn't feel quite right. I get that they're like, he's not going to do the role anymore and he's moving on. And like, they're, they're trying to push a new era of evil dead. It's just something, you know what? Here's my problem with the new evil dead. And it's, it's, it's a minor complaint. We did a movie. One of our first movies we ever did was demons. They made a sequel called, you know, demons Two, And it takes place in an apartment building. And, um, you know, a woman is watching a 16 year old girl is watching a, video of or watching on tv the movie from demons one and then she gets possessed and starts infecting the rest of the building mm-hmm. i would say demons two is what they should have is the movie that i really wanted i think they should have made you know okay. uh it, it, the problem with this one was like you know i didn't really get into any of the characters at least in evil dead one even though all the characters are pretty obnoxious you're behind bruce campbell there is something inst- very likable about him and Evil Dead 2, obviously, hit, you know, it's Bruce Campbell again. And an Army of Darkness, I mean, come on. Like, the whole fucking movie is a fucking blast. You know, it's... Um, so, but this one, I didn't really feel that. And um, I don't know. There's just something... Uh, there's just something missing. I, I liked it, and I recommend... I want people to see it. I do. I want this movie to do really well, because it only helps all of us for this movie uh... to do really well. Yeah, I mean, I didn't expect much. I still don't expect much out of it, but it does look really fun. But that's, like, kind of how I feel about most movies that are put out recently. I'm like, yeah, it was fun. It was fun. It was fun. But, like, there's no real sustenance besides, like, stabby murder. Uh, or Well, this is not stabby. This is more, like, possessed, you know, by yeah. a demon book. But, you know, I don't know. We'll see. I it's would, fun. Yeah, I would argue that the 2013 movie as much as I had problems with that, because I do have a problem with, like, the last, like, 15, 20 minutes of that movie, um, I would argue, though, that that is a better Evil Dead movie than this one was. I'm glad... It's it's weird, because this one just didn't feel... Like, I really feel like when you take it out of the cabin, um, something gets... Something does lose... Something gets lost for me. I don't know what it is. Um, I kind of agree. I kind of agree, but it makes sense that it would be out of the cabin at this point, so... Absolutely. Like, that's the thing, is that, like, everything about this movie, like, everything they're trying to do in this movie makes sense. It's just something about it that just didn't fit for me. And, like, um, I don't know what it was, because, I mean, the new Evil, the Evil Dead 2013, it was made in a way that, like, you could argue that it's still part of the same universe, this one kind of feels like uh, kind of like a re- like more, I mean, more, this one feels more of a remake than the 2013 one was. It just doesn't, something doesn't click for me, but I liked it. I also saw, um, let me put it this way. 
Um, I saw that, and I saw another movie, another horror film. I saw Renfield. Oh, I did see that. I f totally forgot because I thought it was really fucking stupid. But what are your thoughts? My thoughts for this <laughs> is whenever it was Nicholas Holt and Nicholas Cage and the support group, that movie's fucking fantastic. I, it's what I wanted. The problem I feel with, with Renfield was that I can't help but get the impression that the studio or the director or somebody did not feel like the original premise was enough to sustain that movie. So they're like, okay, let's, yes. throw, let's throw in this like weird thing with this like this gang, there's like this mafia family or mobster family in New Orleans. And it's like none of that shit I cared about at all. I was like, it's boring to me. I'm not like I'm not into it. I wanted to see what the movie is initially promising, which is like he's in a toxic work relationship with his boss. And his boss just happens to be Dracula. And all the recreation stuff of, like, the original Universal was, I mean, I was in heaven. I was like, unfortunately, it's only a minute long in the in the opening credits. And then I ran to the bathroom during the closing credits. And my wife was like, oh, yeah, all that, all the closing credits apparently were a lot more of the, the re, uh, the re, you know, like, when they were revisiting the old Universal. But um, it just, it felt like they, were, they weren't confident enough about the basic premise. And that really bummed me out because I really liked, I like Aquafina a lot. I don't know why. I really do. I do I not. Do too. I don't care. I didn't care. I thought she was, I thought her character and the whole, that whole It was thing, ridiculous. It was just, it didn't Listen, work. And... I, I really liked Nicolas Cage as Dracula, as this like modern Dracula. I thought he was like kind of funny and he has this like kind of like really charming pizzazz that yeah. he offered to the role. I, I can't help it. Like, and I'm not like a Nicolas Cage stan. I'm really not, but I thought he was good in it. I do like Nicholas Holt too. I wanted mm. better for him. <laughs> when they're together, it's great. Like that whole yeah. all that stuff is great. It's but it's, the movie just wasn't good. It just it, wasn't. It was like gory, but like stupid gory. There was like lots of like squelching and like bloody scenes. Yeah. And like it was so ridiculous that it was funny. But I was like, this is typical American cinema where you have like ultra violence, but like women's boobs and like a guy's dick is like not okay, which is like really absurd to me. But uh, I had fun watching it. I just it, yeah. Like, when when the first movie first got announced, like when they first announced it, I was like, oh, and I was thinking it was going to be what the opening credits were. I thought it was going to be kind of like a, a take on that. And then I saw the trailer. And I was like, ooh, I don't know how I feel about this. And then I saw the the subsequent trailers where they did show you the the recreations of the old Universal. Like, really? And they, I mean, whoever, there was a lot of love in those moments because, like, Nicholas Holt is really doing a great Dwight Fry impression. Nicholas Cage is doing a great Bela Lugosi impression. I wanted more of that, and I thought, and so I was like, the movie, the movie that actually exists, kind of falls halfway in the middle. It was like, yeah, it wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be, but it wasn't as good as I wanted it to be, and that's just yeah. how I felt. I, I gave both that and Evil Dead in a four star ranking. I gave them two and a half because I, I did enjoy, I did have fun watching them. I just wanted more from both. But yeah, um, that's movies I saw. I, I did watch a TV show, but I, I feel like you watched more. So you go. OK, well, I I'll say that. Well, I saw Renfield, um, stupid movie, but I also um, for new stuff, I just finished Dead Ringers and I finished it in a few days and I was really apprehensive because obviously this is um, a Cronenberg, a remake of a Cronenberg film. Um, one of my favorite Cronenberg films too. Jeremy mm. Irons just is amazing. Um, I did really like it. It I finished it very quickly. I had nightmares about it immediately. Rachel Weisz plays um, the twins. 
and she is amazing. She's such a good actress. I, mm. I've always liked her. I really have ever since the mummy. Mm. I think um, she's just been one of those that has like a great voice face combo too. You know, yeah. it's hard to, uh, to dislike her. And I think she does. She's very charismatic on the screen. Uh, her Elliot and Beverly is really great. Her Elliot is particularly psychotic. That's um, the twin I had dreams about. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I will say that like this is probably the first thing that I like, and we talked about this a little bit last episode, where like I didn't even consider the gender swap being like an actual you know thing. Like, we're we're changing the sex of the main character from male to female. Like, it just didn't occur to me that that was like a major point or like a, a story mm-hmm. arc that would have been much different. Mm-hmm. Um, but I will say that it is great. I enjoy that they're females, especially in gynecology and like. Um, you have, you know, Elliot, this mad science, this brilliant mad scientist. And then you have Beverly, who's like more focused on like bringing a new, you know, um, better healthcare to underprivileged women. And so, uh, it, it does take the original storyline though of dead ringers and have them be like an obsessive point of like, what is yours is mine. But when yours is not mine, like they unravel, uh, the set design is great. Actually, my friend um, Sarah Bricker, she worked on the lab scenes, and they're amazing. Cool. Um, very gross. There's a reason why I am not a mother, not um, you know, against anyone who actually is. But there's like many, many graphic birthing scenes where I was like, oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I really liked it. I gotta say, like, I didn't want to, even though, like, I had all these things that I did like about it that I knew about, you know, like, Rachel Weisz and my friend working on it and, yeah. like, the script and the story. And and uh, one of the directors, what's her name? Um, Karen Kusama. Um, oh, yeah. And Sean Durkin. Like, those are, you know, actors, or, I mean, directors that I, I actually like and I'm looking forward to. So they directed a few episodes in this season. I think uh, Karen Kusama actually did the finale. So it's really cool. I It's one of the first that has six episodes, and it's one of the first that I was like, honestly, it should have been longer. Mm-hmm. And usually I feel like I'm the opposite, but I was like, I wish there was like maybe an episode in there. And it turns out there was actually supposed to be like seven or eight episodes, and obviously it got cut and budget and blah, blah, blah. But I got to say it's like pretty solid. I'm still like iffy on the ending, but at- – overall i really enjoyed it i think that people should if they're not giving it a chance they really should but they should definitely watch it it's on amazon prime and then i watched um barry so the new season only has a few episodes out i finally binge watched the third season have you ever do you watch barry i watched the first episode and i thought it was fine i just but to me it just I wanted to re- just make me rewatch Gross Point Blank, which is not the same thing, but it's there's enough similarities. But I hear nothing but people telling me how amazing Barry is, and I there's no reason for me not to watch it. Other than yeah, that, and Bill Hader is really funny. Um, and I will say there was something, and this goes to a testament to to Bill Hader, but there was like something in season three in the, like the first or second episode he like screams at his girlfriend very publicly and I was like this is triggering for me I'm never gonna watch it ever again and it took me probably you know a good year and a half to finish wow. that season finally and when I watched it I was like okay this is this makes a lot of sense it's really it's a really good show the episodes are short they're about 30 minutes long and so it's really easy to power through 
-hmm. everyone's great in it and it's really dark and funny um i'm this is the last season i'm looking forward to it and then of course i watched beef uh which everyone's talking about did you watch it ali wong and steven i didn't know what i know i'm really surprised i thought this was going to be the show that you watched that we that we talked about um so Ali Wong, I'm kind of iffy on. I I really liked her stand up, and then sometimes I got a little sick of it because it's. I felt like it was generally the same story. Mm-hmm. This is really good. I, you have those like A24 bros, and I'm sorry if you're one of them, but like who like love anything that A24 does, right? Uh, which is fine, and they do have like a great reputation, but like just because they put something out, I'm not automatically gonna like it. And so now I'm in my like rebellion phase, like you know my little angsty phase where I'm like, if a two <laughs> put something out, I'm like, is it out? Like, I'm, I didn't want to watch it and I didn't want to like it, but mm-hmm. I totally do. Um, it's really sad to be honest. It yeah. is dark. It's really funny. It's like really fucking sad. And I think it goes to the Testament of like, some people are just generally bad. They're just like terrible people. And mm-hmm. that's just what the world is made of. It's like generally shitty fucking people. And like, it kind of reminded me away in old boy, you know, at the beginning of old boy when he's like, even though I'm a monster, don't I deserve love and like happiness? Yeah. And that kind of it reminded this whole series reminded me a lot of that point um, and, where it's kind of like a tragic comedy. Mm-hmm. Um, I really I've got to say I really loved it. I loved it all the way up until the end. There's actually a really great sex scene in it um, with Ellie Wong. And I'm hoping that like she had this great creative control over it where she was like no if i'm gonna have a sex scene in a series i'm gonna make it really hot and it was and it was great and it was like poignant and like i actually enjoyed seeing it in there i think we're at a weird point in american um tv and cinema where like people are like uh like really weirded out by sex scenes which has always been an american problem and i'll mention this forever but especially considering the movie that we just watched uh but I was really glad to see it to be honest and I thought it was great and hot and like a little bit shameful um but beef is really good I will say I I loved it it kind of lived up to the hype for me um and then I rewatched two movies or one movie in one series so I rewatched this movie Haywire Uh which I probably mentioned a few years back um Steven Soderbergh uh, Gina Carano. This was like right after her USC fight career, so she mm-hmm. was um, she was very much slimmed down, but she was a professional fighter at the time. Michael Fassbender's in it. Um, the it's a very early two thousands movie, so I will say like all of the fashion in it is hilarious because it's very ugly, but it's very it was very poignant for the time. Mm-hmm. But the fight scenes are all great because she was an actual fighter and so they're very realistic fight scenes and mm. i thought they looked great i this was like at the point of gina's career which like i really wanted more for her because i i used to watch her in the ufc uh and i always thought she was great and she could do many things and then you know she turned out to be an asshole but mm-hmm. honestly i feel like this movie gets um shit on for some reason but i really liked it i mean gina Carano's Kron- uh, a little dry in it but she plays like this spy that gets like dealt a shitty hand mm-hmm. but otherwise it's it's like pretty solid it's like a good spy movie oh. um and then i rewatched, or i'm re-watching midnight mass which is weird because i also hate mike flanagan 
but I love the beginning of Midnight Mass. Like, I love the idea of this priest that's, like, so consumed by his face that he thinks, like, a demon is actually an angel and then convinces his entire congregation and then the entire town that, like, this is a good thing. And then you have, like, certain, you know, outliers of people who are like, this is not what you think it is. I I don't know. I, I don't know if it's, like, my biggest disappointment or if it's, like, my biggest... Um, like or or uh i guess admiration for mike what mike flanagan has done i i really loved it at first and i still kind of hate it at the end i but... gotta i gotta give it a, i mean i've been more and more intrigued by giving it a a, a fair shake wait you've never seen it so no, I, I you don't like him i really don't like him well it's just weird because i watch a lot of stuff by people that i don't like um, and I purposely do it where you, as you're like, I'm just not going to do it, but I think you should. I, I'm really curious on your opinion. I mean, yeah. I, I, I mean, again, like with me and TV, it's just, it's really, I just, I don't know why I have such a resistance to it. I mean, like I did, like I was going to say is like, I did watch some TV. I watched, I mean, I'm watching succession and look, I'm not, I'm not gonna be that asshole who spoils the last two episodes for you. Or oh man. The, the second the you know the third episode of the season but holy shit i mean that show is just that's why i watch it because i'm just always like god damn like this is just a fucking brilliant storytelling uh the other show that i watched was um i don't know if you've watched any of this was jury duty i keep hearing about it i keep hearing about it and i actually added it to my watch list i haven't seen it yet it's, is it, is it's it a lot of i mean like the first episode i didn't like I, my wife watched the first episode and she's like, "We got You got to watch this ep- this show." So, I rewatched the first episode with her and I was just like, "I don't know. It's like it's not grabbing me." I'm like, "There's I'm laughing at a few things, but whatever." And then I watched the next one and then I'm like, by the like second or third episode, I'm like, "I'm completely hooked." But the premise is really simple. It's um, it's the it's a it's a jury for a trial, but everything about the jury and the trial is fake except for one person they bait it's like almost like they're you know there's a lot of comparisons to like truman show they basically had this guy they did they vetted all these different you know people and they were like we want to do a documentary about like jury duty and stuff like that they picked this guy and everybody else the jury the rest of the jury is all fake they're all actors including james marsden who's playing james marsden and it's like and he's playing him himself as like a really shitty version of himself like a really like narcissistic <laughs> and it's hilarious and he's great but like um the the judge is an actor who is actually a lawyer um the the defense the the prosecution everybody involved is an actor except for him and they just so happened to pick who's got to be one of the nicest fucking people in the world and you keep you keep expecting him to like have a moment where he like turns out to be a dick or he shows he, he does something really di- but he's just like the nicest guy like there's one character one of the jurors is this guy who's into like cybernetics or like you know or or enhancements on the human body like to the point where he like he he builds a dev- apparatus is like crutches that are like on your back and then like you can like you can sit down and onto the crutches and everything, and he calls them chants, chair pants, you know? And, like, you're, like, and the character's just, like, oh, my God, you're just, like, you know, you're cracking up. But then this guy, Ron, who, like, they have is the is the the one real person who has no idea that no, everybody else is fake. Like, he's showing the guy a bug's life, like, at the, at the hotel they're sequestered at because he wants to show him, like, people who try to invent things and who are trying to better humanity, they, they don't, they're, they're sometimes outcasts, but there's, 
but they're what they do is really important and then you're just like you're kind of tearing up you're like what the fuck is going on like why is this guy so nice or like he's trying to like one juror is having problems with his girlfriend but they can't talk to anybody in the outside and he thinks his girlfriend's cheating on him and like this guy's like trying to like give him advice and you're just like your heart it's so sweet but it's so funny and it's so i mean like it get like i said the first two episodes i wasn't quite behind it like i was like yeah it's funny but like it's not considering the some of the jurors like i was like I, one of the jurors specifically i recognize from like he's on reservation dogs he's been in a few other things he's great and i'm like how does he not know this guy's an actor but like um it's crazy and then the last well, episode... shot in la because i was gonna say in la you see like so many people that mm. you sometimes you're just unfazed and you're like oh, i think yeah, shot huntington be... huntington beach i think okay um but uh as you know, as the show progresses, especially when you get to the last episode, is them kind of like pulling the curtain, and when you see like all the work they had to do and all of the fucking like catch, like this guy would kind of they would like, there's no way he's gonna say this, there's no way he's gonna do this, there's no way that he's going to like fall into this storyline, and he would he'd be there's moments where this guy inadvertently was steps ahead of the production team so they're like scrambling it's it is a brilliant thing to watch but at the end of the day it's like yeah you just got the one of the nicest guys in the world like and it it, it wins you over like i said like by the first few episodes like the most all the episodes of the last one are like pretty hilarious as as it progresses mm-hmm. and then the last episode is just like it just warms your fucking heart and it makes you it restores your faith in humanity like seeing this guy who had no idea that he was, that he's like, and they're not making fun of him. Like, that's one of the things we're really clear about. They're like, he's not the joke. We're the joke. He's reacting to us. Like, we're not trying to fuck with him. We're not trying to make him look bad. We're not trying to, like, make him look stupid. We're being stupid, and we're just, we're trying to get his reactions to it. And it is, it, it really does make you feel a lot better. And, like, I don't know. I, and it also made me, like, I, I'm a big fan of James Marsden. I'm, like, always, I'm always bummed out. I that do, he, too. I kind of like him. He's I can't the, help it. He's he the was guy on a show that could... called Noah's Ark when I was younger, and I've always kind of kept. Uh... Okay, you '90s kids might know, but not... Noah's Ark. I'm pretty sure that is what it's called. It was like on like TGIF or some shit like that. But I swear huh. to God, uh, he was in it, and so ever since then, I've kind of like always returned to whatever he's doing, which is great because he's. You know... He's always the guy that gets picked over the other guy like in x-men he's cyclops and huge Jack- to hugh jackman's wolverine and like you're like really like you know fomke johnson's gonna go for hugh jackman as a, you know the notebook which i fucking hated it's him versus ryan gosling ryan gosling's the one that she goes with you know like in um I'm trying to think in enchanted that fucking movie with amy adams like he's the he's the prince charming and patrick dempsey's the guy that she goes with he's always the other guy well he always... wasn't dead to me which he played an mm-hmm. asshole which i liked i like him as well. I yeah he, and he's like i said he's great in the show playing himself as one of the most obnoxious versions of himself that he could and it's really good so i really enjoy, i really enjoyed jury duty and i recommend it. it's easy to digest and i think all the episodes are up now 30 minutes and it's clever and it's funny like um, just get past the first episode because the first episode is really the setup and you're just like where is this going to go but then once you kind of like live with these characters for a bit it's really fascinating and then just the idea of like how they did it and how they were able to keep this guy like not realizing that this was all fucking joke you know is really like awesome and um, I mean they had him on it was 14 days like dude that's um, so long it's crazy and like I won't get I won't exp- I won't spoil how they get why they get sequestered but like it's really that part really did make me laugh like really hard but um they get sequestered in a hotel without phone or internet and um 
you know, that's how they were able to keep him in the dark. And it was just, it's really clever. But, uh, and then I rewatched, uh, as far as, you know, rewatching movies, I rewatched House by the Cemetery by Fulci because I was just in a huge Fulci kick and I picked up the 4K of that. And I was like, ah, let's, Ooh, nice. you know, let's watch that. So, um, yeah, other than that, I haven't really been, I feel like I've been busier than normal, but I still managed to get to the movies twice. I haven't seen Bo is Afraid yet because. Oh, I, is it? It's not out here until this oh, it, coming week. So I'm really, um, I'm really excited to see it. I've heard really bonkers things. Oh, it was called Second Noah. That's the show oh, okay. that I was thinking of um, with James Marsden. But no, I'm really excited. Um, the people who have seen it already in other cities that it's actually out in <laughs> um, yeah. have said pretty much the same thing across the board is like they have no idea how to feel about it and it's like really insane and intense and funny and weird yeah on brand with him i just i have mixed feelings about him like i loved hereditary i yeah i loved hereditary i midsummer fucking boiled my blood for plethora of reasons that we've talked about like find an episode around the time midsummer came out and you'll hear me kind of go on my little rant about that movie but um, so I've got mixed feelings about him. Like out of the two of the A24 darlings that you know, the original darlings, which was him and Eggers. Yeah. I, I prefer Eggers. I mean, the guy, really? yeah, I I'm, I'm more on, he's more on my, I know Ari Aster just comes. I don't know. I I've watched Midsummer a few, like I, I think probably hereditary and Midsummer are like, uh, the ones that I've rewatched the most. Uh, but We'll talk about that in another episode because yeah. when we actually watch Bo is Afraid because I kind of love Midsummer. All right. Well, yeah, we will talk about that. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of cool stuff coming out, um, but just not yet, you know? Finally, uh, yeah. Yeah, Indiana Jones. I, I, I saw oh, another trailer. <laughs> I saw another trailer for it last night and I was just like, this looks, like, my wife was looking, she's like, that looks really bad. And I was like, I know, and I'm going to okay. be there opening Is it night. a joke that it was premiering at um, Cannes because... I can't imagine that it is, but now I'm like, well, this makes fucking sense because that's, you know, the we'll only see. thing we got going on. No, it looks so stupid. I know. I'll, I'll see it. I'm, I'm going to see it to opening see it. night. I'm going to be there like right away because I did not learn my lesson from Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. <laughs> I mean, I didn't either. I I saw that opening night too. And, oh, uh, I did. And yeah. I was drunk, and I was like, I openly protested during that movie. I did. I was the the person in the audience that I hate, and I because I was drunk, and I was just like, there would be something that happened. I go, really? Or what the fuck? Or like, I was just, I was terrible. I was embarrassing. <laughs> um, not my finest moment, but neither was it for Spielberg. So you know, go figure. Um, <laughs> but uh, switching gears, um, we, I kind of wanted to do this movie. Because of the resur- uh, because of resurrection, because you know we did the Jesus Frankenstein movie last time. Yeah. Um, and I wanted to, you know, invert that I guess. So we did um. Uh, 1974, I believe. Yeah. Uh, the Antichrist, also known as the Tempter. I had seen a trailer for this in a trailer compilation years ago, and I was like, ah, I want to see that movie. I'm 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 partial. I'm I'm a I'm a sucker for exorcist knockoffs especially if they're from italy um oh yeah this is like the exorcist horny italian cousin yeah mixed with rosemary's baby um uh and yeah um just a quick summary uh this woman she's paralyzed from the you know her legs don't work 
um, I want to say from the waist down, but I, I think her there's a part of her weight up below her waist that's working, as we'll find <laughs> out. Um, but um, you know, she was in an accident with her father and her mother. Her mother was killed. She kind of has this weird codependency on her father, but she also blames him <coughs> for um, for the everything, and uh, she gets uh, a I want to say a psychiatrist or a priest kind of regresses her to you know like a past life you know session and she's a descendant of a witch who renounced god and um banged a satan worshiper or satan i don't know i'm still trying to figure that one out and um and now it's she's possessed and then we kind of go off the rails yeah i think we like maybe 20 minutes in we kind of start going off the rails but that's when i started really enjoying it Mm Like, at first, in the first scene, I was like, I don't know about this, but the first scene is kind of funny. It's just, like, you have your um, religious areas and idols, and this is, like, I <clears throat> my aunt went to Fatima, which is in Port- Portugal, but, like, on the way to this, like, religious spot where they're looking, they're, like, people, like, trying to get you to buy all these, like, Jesus things, and, like, people praying, and, like, people freaking out, and so the scene was kind of interesting because you have a lot of like old people like you know with this uh, statue this blue-eyed statue of mary or whatever which i should have found terrifying to be honest yeah because it, it, its eyes were piercing but i wonder yeah. if that was intentional because i was like are the eyes supposed to be the same as her eyes yeah. but either way um it is really creepy and so you have all these like old people who are like you know praying to the statue for help and so that's why she's there she's like i want my legs to work again but she just collapses and um and then her father picks her up, which at first I thought was her husband. And so that also plays into, like, the weird kind of sexual mm. tension yeah. between this daughter and her family. <laughs> because her oh, father's she's... getting remarried. Yeah. Um, and she's not, you know, cool with it. Well, so. it's it's funny because when after, you know, she's exhausted and he brings her back to the house. And one of the first familiar faces I saw was, what's her name? Um, Alita uh, Volley. Alita Volley. Yeah, she was in Suspiria. She's in Inferno. Um, Eyes she's in Eyes Without a Face. Yeah. And she was also, I mean, the, the I think the first movie she did or the first movie that kind of broke her as like a international star was uh, The Third Man. Where she's like, I mean, she, yeah, we, I feel like throughout this podcast, we've, you know, we've kind of watched her get older you know like i mean she's an eyes mm-hmm. without a face and then we you know we did you know we've never covered suspiria or inferno we've talked about both of those movies at great length so yeah she's... yeah because we've done other uh argento stuff but mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. uh but it, w- it was great to see her in this she's such a prominent you know italian actress and then uh i will say i loved the set design too like one of the pieces that you'll see if you watch this movie is the hallway and so Mm -hmm. as you go along these statues that are in this hallway um are looking in different directions but as people are coming and going which (laughs) i kind of loved and this poor woman um her her disabled woman's room it's mm-hmm. fucking amazing. Like her wallpaper or, you know, the fresco, whatever you want to call it, that's like on her wall is really cool, which plays into like this weird dream sequence that she has that you had mentioned where she gets like fucked by the devil. But like, we don't know if he's a devil or just like a worshiper of Satan. He's wearing, you know, a bull um, yeah. headpiece. But I will say that might, might be one of my favorite scenes. Like, obviously, it's filmed in a backdrop, like a, a, a set. I agree. 
I agree. I actually, and they're all, they all have blue skin and it keeps like cutting back to like her in her bedroom, which then has, there's like a weird backdrop in her bedroom where it's like, you know, the sky and everything like that. It's, I definitely agree with you that that, that was one of my more favorite scenes just because it's so surreal. Yeah, it re it's really cool. And it's, and some of the scenes are kind of cheaply done, especially given the time period. I mean, it's 74 and you have mm -hmm. like so many movies that like, have done like weird amputations and and uh, exorcist stuff obviously freaking um i don't know many that could match that and they really did try and i found it really funny but also kind of endearing um mm. because i think what's the main actress's name um uh her name is carla, carla gravina i thought she was great uh especially playing this like possessed seductress um, yeah. she, she in the sh in the movie she also tries to seduce like many family members but also her brother who is also really androgynous looking and yeah. so I'm not sure if that was supposed to be a parallel like he kind of looks like sh her they both have short you know reddish hair yeah um but yeah uh, this movie is kind of bonkers it's like totally like horny bonkers yeah i mean so like there you know my problem is that there's like there's the dinner scene where she like goes full-on possessed and it just it becomes too comical for me um like especially parts where she like throws her legs up on the table and she's like <laughs> yeah. I, I just it. i could I, I was like it, it's weird and then like shortly thereafter that fucking scene is the part where she seduces her brother and you're like oh okay nobody was weirded out by that Nobody was weirded out by that weird episode that happened at dinner where she, like, her voice drops octaves and she's like, you know. Um, but there's another movie that came out, and I've talked about this before, that came out in Italy um, around the same time called Beyond the Door. I think I prefer Beyond the Door because it's – I feel like this is – this is this movie's sleazy, but it's trying to be classy. Whereas yeah. I think Beyond the Door is just like, no, we're just – we're sleazy. We're just – we're – and I like I like that they just kind of lean into that more on Beyond the Door, and I find Beyond the Door actually has genuinely creepier moments. But um, what were you gonna say? I, I was, and I haven't seen Beyond the Door, so maybe I should, so I can do a comparison. But I kind of liked that it tried not to be sleazy, but it just was. I and know. I I kind of felt it, it was like a natural sleaziness, which I sure. enjoyed a little bit more. Mm -hmm. But I did think it was funny because you know after she has this um, hypnotism. She she becomes more possessed, but now all of a sudden she can walk. And yeah. so sometimes she doesn't remember, but she like goes off, which at first, the first scene, I was like, how is she driving a car? But, you know, um, they obviously have cars available for um, disabled sure. people to use. But she's driving around in this car and then she stops and then she goes for a walk in the countryside. But it's like her possessed self. And this part in this scene, I was like a little like, oh, shit, like he's a young boy and she's like giving him these eyes. Um which I thought I was like, this movie's kind of fucked, especially yeah. you know, there's a goat scene, which I will not go into detail. I'll just leave that as a special treat for all y'all if you watch it. But there's the goat scene and the you know, when she has this like uh Satan flashback. Mm -hmm. And then there's this scene and I was like, Wow, they're just really straight up no shame in this where she seduces this young boy and then you see like slightly after that he was like horrifically murdered yeah um you don't show much but there's a lot of like um i guess idea of what actually transpired between them um i thought the dinner scene was really fucking funny i yeah. do agree too that at the end they're just like okay back to normal no everything's fine i'm gonna go check on her you're acting totally fine like i'm yeah. totally gonna have uh relations with you now i i kind of 
of thought it was going to be the doctor. I'm, I guess I'm not surprised it was the, um, the brother, but especially, um, I, I don't know if it's the right translation, but like her translation was like, I'm going to fuck all of you in this room. Like each yeah. and every one of you is going to be getting fucked by me, which yeah. I thought was particularly funny. Cause it's like her brother, the doctor, her dad, and then his dad's wife, um, or his fiance that she's like yelling horrible things at in another language. Um, yeah. I pre- I will say I I really liked it. I thought it was like kind of like hilarious. Um, I, I think it's funny to me because like you know it, it like what I was saying about it, it's kind of it, it's weirdly it's really trying to stay classy. I mean like so like the cast. I mean Carla Gravina she ends up winning best supporting actress at Cannes for a movie called La Teresa at uh, the Terrace in like I think 1980. Like she's not like this isn't like I mean and I love Linda Blair but like you know. Linda Blair's career is not fucking like, you know, she's not winning any major awards after The Exorcist. You know, she's doing a lot of exploitation shit. This is like a, this is more of a, uh, a I don't want to say classier actress, but like a more, you know. Um... Defined adult actress. Maybe? Yes. Okay. That's a good way to put it. And like <laughs> Mel Ferrer, who is an American, who, um, no relation to Jose Ferrer. So he's no relation to Miguel Ferrer either. But Mel Ferrer, he's the plays her father, um, American actor. Uh, worked in Italy a lot. He, we've seen him in um, Toby Hooper's Eaten Alive. Um, he was oh, I also, thought he was familiar. I yeah. just didn't look him up because I was like, uh, I feel really weird I, about the way he kisses in this movie. <laughs> he was, uh, I mean, he was married to Audrey Hepburn for years. Um, he, uh, he's also in another movie called Eaten Alive. Uh, you know, a cannibalism film, I think Italian as well. And then he was in Nightmare City, another Italian horror film in the 80s. It's so weird. He's like, he's kind of a... It, I, I was struck by how we don't have a comparison for this now, but like how different the landscape was as actors in the, like the 60s, 70s. And then I think the 80s is when it starts changing. It's like, this was like a, a guy who's been in some major shit and now, and, but he's also, he's a working actor. I feel like we don't have as many working actors that are big names at this point where it's like, you're not going to see Ryan Reynolds just, you know, doing like a, an, a, an Italian sleazy, you know, horror film now, you know what I mean? Like you're not, we don't have those big name actors who are just working actors who are just like, yeah, I'll do whatever, you know, even like, yeah. well, uh, now they do commercials, which I think is mm-hmm. the modern, you know, it's the 2023 sleaze is right. commercialism. Um, you know, I, I love him very much, but Pedro Pascal, um, they do these fucking commercials for apps that just steal all your data. I'm like, why are you doing this? It's because Mm -hmm. it's a paycheck. I feel like it kind of reversed of where like the sleaze is just different sleaze now. That's a good way to put it. And then like um, the guy who plays Bishop Asanio Oderis is Arthur Kennedy, who was, I mean, this guy was in fucking, he was in, uh lawrence of arabia he's also in living dead at manchester morgue which i recommend people see it's a great zombie film um post night of living dead he was in the sentinel which we did do as it was a playing as a bishop i mean we've got like these these uh these aren't we don't have slouches here you know like these, yeah. these are, you know but yet they're and then the fucking music i mean oh, i was surprised yeah, Marcone. yeah. yeah, yeah for- exactly it's, Which it's, is kind of, uh, I will say, it reminded me a little bit of Goblin, but I think it's just the more the church uh, organ sounds that are like incorporated into music, and so 
it reminded me there's like a little tone and I'm, I'm hoping that someone else will hear it um that reminds me very much of other italian cinema which makes sense though you have ennio morricone ennio morricone and there's someone else i can't remember his name off the top of my head you know it's funny to me because like i remember being surprised whenever i would see morricone do like uh when i'd see his name in the score for like something that wasn't a, a leone western or the carpenter thing or whatever i'd always look like, ooh, morricone and then i realized that morricone in his day was danny elfman now where yeah. it's just like, yep, there's Danny. You know, it's like he was just he's the guy who worked a lot. You know, he was the he was the guy in demand. You know, especially in Italy. You know, so it's like I think we just it was always surprising whenever we'd see a crossover film, like a film that was big there and here that had his name listed on it. Where it's like, oh, it's a rare treat. Now it's like it's not really. He he was he did a lot of he did a lot of films. Um, but uh, the director was a um was Alberto De Martino who uh did a lot of Giallo films. Um, he also did a crime film, an Italian crime film called, and I love this fucking title, uh, Strange Shadows in an Empty Room. I just, I'm like, God damn, like, the Italians, whatever you want to say about their movies, they had some of the best titles I've ever heard. Dude, I totally agree because, what's her name, the the uh, fiancé, Anita Strydenberg, Strydenberg, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, she plays the blonde uh, mm-hmm. fiancé. She was in a bunch of um, Italian movies, but um one of the like the case of the scorpion's tail and like the locked room with your, the your room your yeah. your vices are locked room and i and i have the key yeah yes, i love that like title. what a name for yeah. it. that made me immediately want to watch it yeah i mean like i said like i i think i like i prefer beyond the door because one i mean the actress in that is Haley mills's older uh sister juliet mills and oh, she's like mills? yeah and she was like she's married to uh Maxwell Caulfield from Grease 2 and Empire Records and all that, you know, um, he plays the, he plays um, uh, Rex Manning in yeah. um, in Empire Records 2 or Empire Records, but he, um, she, you know, that one's just a little bit more like, it's, it's, it came out around, you know, after The Exorcist, but the guy who, who wrote and directed Beyond the Door, he was trying, he wanted to adapt The Exorcist and he tried to get the, the film rights, but Warner Brothers and Freakin already did that. So his adaptation was less inspired by, or his Beyond the Door is less inspired by the movie and more inspired by the book, which is you know more or less the same thing when you think about it. But yeah. like I mean, there's there's like you know there's a, there's a wonderful scene in Beyond the Door where you know Juliet Mills is she's possessed and her kids are her kids are playing in their room and the room goes fucking haywire and one of the da- the daughter runs into the bedroom to see her mom and her mom's lying face down on the bed and then her mom's head does this turn with a smile and it's just like it's it it's kind of ridiculous but it it chills my blood whereas this one like is like i said it's just to me it was like it's it felt classier it felt like it was trying to be classier but it was sleazy whereas beyond the door was just like nah, i'm just gonna go sleazy and i'm okay with that um, I like my sleaze, you know, and I, you know we need we don't need to dress it up sometimes. But <laughs> I do like this movie. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I own it's this. It's not. One. It's not spooky. It's more creepy. Like The Exorcist yeah. still scares the shit out of me. This yeah. didn't scare me at all, but I still enjoyed it. Yeah, I I agree. It, it it's like I said, the trailer that I saw years ago was part of a a compilation on something called Trailer Trauma, um, which I Ooh. recommend people check out. It's um they have four discs, so five now, but like they so like and they have themes for each one. The fourth one was TV spots, and so I saw a TV spot of this where I was just like, oh my god! I was like, what is this movie? I have never heard of. And this was years ago, and I was like, I gotta find it. And then, um, you know, if 
guys, Tubi, like, I can't stress enough. Well, I know we talk about it almost every episode now, but... I do. I like... Okay, Tubi has most films that most other networks would probably never even host, but the only complaints I have is they have a paywall with um, do they? commercials. Yeah. So you... So the paywall is you cannot go back. So this happened to me where, you know, I uh, hit my remote by accident and kicked me out and it doesn't yeah. save your spot um, if you go back into it. You can pause it and keep it on pause for indefinitely, but you cannot exit and go back to your same spot. You have to pay for that, which I think is silly. And also yeah. their commercial cuts are awful. I wish there was like a professional <laughs> sure. that could cut the commercials, but I guess it's also more incentive for the, you to pay for their non-commercial um, version. Hmm. I, I guess, okay. you know, everyone needs a profit somehow, but um that's my only complaint. See, I thought they were a free site just because that that's how they make their money is by advertising, you know, which again, like, look, commercials are fucking terrible and the commercials on Tubi like do are well, very, very, very ill placed. You know, like I said, house on last house on dead end street, which is a very rough movie to watch has is interrupted by these ridiculous commercials for insurance where you're like, wait, I was just, you know, I, said before, <laughs> I was like, I was just watching a guy being forced to give a blow job to a deer hoof. And now I'm suddenly watching a fucking insurance commercial for whatever. It's weird. Um, it's very jarring, but um, their selection is just so goddamn good that like I will, I will not fault them for a lot of stuff. Um, but yeah, so I mean, this is on Tubi. I I mean, Keanu Lorber put out a copy of it, which is what I have. And like I the I will say about this movie is that it took me two viewings to really like to kind of make sense of what was going on. And it's not a movie I would recommend watching it two o'clock in the morning which is what i did because um, i was definitely like what what am i like getting am i like is it i'm tired or is it not making any sense or is it a little bit of both but um and then i rewatched it again before we recorded because i was like i just want to you know refresh myself but it's uh it's worth watching it really is there the 70s was rife with some really great knockoffs like of the exorcist mm -hmm. like the, you know beyond the door like i mentioned um uh, I'm I'm a fan of Abby, which is um, if you haven't seen Abby, guys, you can find a copy on YouTube. It's never got an official release on Blu-ray or DVD or anything. It is um, it's the the what Blackula is to Dracula is Abby is to The Exorcist. You know, in fact, um, William Marshall, who played Mama Walde in Blackula, plays the fucking priest in Abby. It's this ridiculous. Mm -hmm. A black woman gets a church going black woman gets possessed and she becomes a horny fucking demon woman who's trying to like cheating on her husband. And then, uh, I mean, like I said, seventies, it was a really great era where we would get a, a big hit and then you'd get all the fucking knockoffs. Same thing happened with the omen. We get the omen. Then we've got like a million antichrist films. One of which we did a few episodes ago with the visitor, you know, it's yeah. like, I don't feel like I, I will say about the seventies. I know that I'm, I often, you know, fall back onto the eighties, you know, but the seventies are, are, you know, as far as exploitation goes, it's like, yeah, any okay. movie that was a huge hit, we got nothing but crazy. And, and, and mean like crazy fucking knockoffs. Like they're not just trying to remake the exorcist or trying to remake the omen or trying to, they are like, let's do that, but let's make it as weird as fucking possible. <laughs> And like we don't we don't get that as much now. It's like yeah we I mean yes a superhero gets ma a movie gets made it does really well. They just fucking recycle the fucking the 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 formula. You know yeah. it's it's really you know like I I can't think of how many 
comic book movies with the exception of a few where I go, oh, that's different than the last one. They are all, that's why I have Marvel burnouts, why I have DC, you know, comic book movie burnout, why I have Star Wars burnouts. Is I'm always like, that's the same fucking thing. In the 70s, though, oh my God. Like, I can honestly tell you that The Exorcist, Abby, this movie, Beyond the Door, all the knockoffs, aside from like the, the main theme, they're all fucking wildly different. And it's, it's you know, it's fucking hilarious. And I, I love the 70s for that. Yeah. I agree. I, I do feel like it's some of, like, the most chaotic and, like, yeah. creative and, like, sleazy. Um, But I kind of love the 70s sleaze. It's, like, a really good sleaze. I mean, you have, like, 80s sleaze, but I feel like it's much different. Oh, yeah. Yeah, um, absolutely. But, no, it was, like, super enjoyable. I mean, I will say that I really liked it. Um, okay, good. Good. Yeah, I really did. I, I really, like I said, it's it's always been a curiosity of mine that I wanted to, you know, I wanted to check out. And, like, uh, it it didn't fail to deliver. It's definitely wild. And, it, you know, and, you know, it's, it's I don't know, man. Like, I don't know what it is about blue, blue skin people having sex, but there was something <laughs> kind of sexy about it. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm a weird guy, I guess. I, I empathize with serial killers and blue skin sex people. <laughs> I don't know what it is. Quote, but yeah. quote on your grave. <laughs> oh, God, I hope not. I hope I say something far worse by the time that happens. But I hope someone deep fakes us one day and then they just actually use that quote from you. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But yeah, free free on Tubi, uh, one of the better networks. Um, yeah. But even though uh, you can't uh, return to your spot afterwards, but I guess it's more incentive to like sit through an entire movie without pausing it. Exactly. Do something so. <laughs> but yeah, no, it's, it's really, it's really fucking fun. A really fun seventies uh, exorcism movie. There you go. I think that's the best way to sum it up. So uh, yeah, check it out guys. And, um, and you I'll know, see you later. Yeah. Let us know. All right. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Does the devil exist? There's no doubt about it. The Pope himself reaffirmed it recently, and not as a concept of evil, but as a real presence. she enters the convent and joins a sect of devil worshippers. What's a sign of the devil, uncle? That's ridiculous. Then why doesn't God make himself understood? The devil does, and clearly too. That's enough. That's blasphemy. You see, I've always said that Hippolyta has extraordinary powers. 